Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries. I'm your host, John, and I've got a little bit of a confession to make. In Old School Essentials, which is my current retro clone of choice, there is a subset of rules that, as a GM, I barely, if ever, use. And I'm going to be talking about that after the music. Okay, so the subset of rules that I'm referring to is the resting rules in the dungeon adventuring section of the Old School Essentials core book. And in brief, these state that characters must rest for one turn every hour, an hour being six turns. If the characters press on without resting, they suffer a minus one to hit and damage rolls until they have rested for at least a turn. I was flipping through the rules recently in my Old School Essentials rules time, and I spotted these resting rules. Now this hit particularly home at that point, because I just got back from a day hiking in Wales with my friend Rob. If you want to see him play some computer games, by the way, he's on Twitch. I'll put a link in the description down below. Now, I've never been particularly fit. I work in an office, and I probably weigh too much. But during lockdown and subsequent family issues we've been dealing with, my motivation and fitness has really like fallen off a cliff. Luckily, my friend Rob is an experienced hiker, currently training for a triathlon, so he nursed me through the multiple cramps and extreme tiredness I experienced during the 4.82km hike. I had to take plenty of rest stops during the hike, and it did get me thinking about how often PCs have to rest in a dungeon. Now, granted, I'm an unfit fatbeard, not a muscular adventurer, but also I wasn't walking in full plate armour, nor was I carrying the ridiculous amounts of equipment, that are often laden down a typical adventuring party. Nor was I trying to squeeze and crawl through the cramped underground dungeon confines by the flickering light of a torch. As I said earlier, I've never used or enforced this rule in any of the OSE games that I've run, and I don't know I've seen it enforced in any of the games that I've actually played in. And I was trying to have a think about why that might be, and I've come up with a few different possible reasons. The first is, you know, you don't want to break up the flow of an exciting session by insisting that the PCs rest every half a dozen turns. The second is, you don't want to track the penalties, although this is a pretty weak source argument in my opinion, since it's not difficult for players to note it on the sheet and track it themselves. The third one is that it probably just doesn't occur to people, and I expect this is what sort of applies to it in the main state, and I pretty much fall into this camp to be honest. The rules for resting are about two sentences long, and they're in the middle of far more interesting rules and procedures. I'm pretty sure that I either just skimmed over them, not taking them in, or I missed them out altogether on the initial read-through of the OSE rules. To be honest, I don't even recall it from OSE's precursor, BX Essentials, although I'm sure it's actually in there. Now, all of this could just be my old man epilepsy memory playing tricks on me, Although, to be honest, Old Man Epilepsy sounds like the sort of character I'd end up playing at a Christmas panto. But I think it could also be because resting just isn't as exciting as all this other stuff. The rest of the two-page spread in OSE that features the rest rules is talking about breaking open doors, listening for monsters, moving around the dungeon, searching for traps, disarming them, all of that sort of good stuff that we enjoy about dungeon adventuring. Having a little paragraph saying... Oh, 
and you also need to slow down for a wee rest every hour or so just doesn't seem as exciting as the other stuff it makes perfect sense obviously that yes you would need to rest while you're exploring these dungeons but i can see why it's easy to skim over it in the excitement of all the other good stuff that's in that session another reason that you might not end up using it is that well you're probably not keeping strict turn records during dungeon adventuring now whilst I do keep strict records to rounds and turns etc whilst we're exploring a tactical style dungeon map we zoomed in a little bit I suppose my attitude is a bit more laissez-faire when exploring a large dungeon area particularly since moving some of my larger dungeons to a more point crawler method and I did an episode about point crawl dungeons a while back if you're interested in that I'll put a link to it down in the description of this episode when using this point crawl method at the moment I've just been using a single party token to represent the player party and we've been moving that around a large map. Obviously we can zoom in if we get to a more involved combat, we want to bring a bit more of a tactical map out, but using this method just means we can explore larger dungeons without it taking so many sessions to do. Don't get me wrong, I love exploring dungeons in D&D, I mean it's 50% of the name for heaven's sake, but if it takes too many sessions in a single dungeon, then the sheen can come off it somewhat and it can become a little bit of a slog. Obviously there are things you can do to alleviate this and keep your dungeons fresh, but they're beyond the scope and subject matter of this episode. I might do an episode on that in the future, if people are interested, let me know. When using this method, the players will say something to me like, okay we finished with this cave we're going to move down the long corridor to the east i'll then describe how many turns that will take and anything that happens along the way and obviously also describing their surroundings because i'm not tracking time turn by turn it simply often doesn't occur to me to mention the need for rest and perhaps this is something i need to pick up on more as a gm i mean how nobody's perfect now don't get me wrong i don't think that my game really suffers greatly for not using this mechanic there's no players beating down my doors demanding i use rest mechanics or anything like that it's not something that really comes up and obviously people are free to house rule take and ignore what rules they want as gamers have been doing for time immemorial but it occurred to me that perhaps both myself and my players are missing out on some fun role playing and potential hijinks by not using the rest rules. If your characters have to rest every hour or so, then there are a few things they'll need to do. First of all, they'll need to find somewhere to rest, since on that turn of rest, the GM will still be making a random encounter roll. Plus, if there are actual planned encounters or the like in the area, they might hear the PC setting up camp and come to investigate. Securing a place to camp, making watches, etc. is a standard part of most D&D games. However, certainly in the games I've played in, it tends to only come up when you're in the wilderness and travelling overnight. The rest rules are a lovely way of bringing this aspect of the game into dungeon exploration. Whilst the PCs are resting, it also gives the players a chance to have a bit of a breather. This brings many of the benefits of a short game break or rest stop, as discussed in a previous episode, and it gives the players time to digest what has been happening in the session thus far. There's also little more iconic in fantasy than a scene of adventurers huddled around a campfire or the flickering glow of a lantern, eating whatever meagre trail rations they've got in their packs and discussing their plans and next moves. You can see a few examples of this with like Sam and Frodo in like Mordor in Lord of the Rings and far too many other fantasy books, films 
and other media for me to mention. It's such an iconic part of fantasy gaming, that campfire scene, that you even see it replicated in a lot of computer games. Like when you reach a save point or when you're saving your game, it'll often take the form in a fantasy computer RPG of your character setting up a campfire and sitting around it. That's how iconic the scenes have become. It's also a great opportunity for the GM to ask questions of their players to get some idea of what their plans are. So you've got a bit of time to check your notes, get your prep in order, etc. And it also maintains a little bit of tension because as I say, the GM's rolling for random encounters. If they're in the middle of a dungeon, then there's still a little bit of tension because you never know when a monster's going to approach. You've got to set up alarms, you know. Magic users get a chance to bust out. They're like alarm spells and stuff like that. If you've got a spellcaster in your group to help protect the little encampment, it adds in a number of extra things that the players need to think about. And it can also provide a nice break to the ongoing action without entirely removing the player characters from the scene of the adventure. So, having said all of that, am I going to introduce these rest mechanics into my OSE campaign? I've got a bit, I'm not really sure about that at the moment. I quite like the idea of them, but we've not been using them for so long. I think it'd be a bit odd if I just suddenly started saying, oh yeah, by the way, you've been moving for six turns, you've now got to rest for a turn or you're going to get a penalty, because that's not been the case previously in this game. And like I say, that was my fault because I didn't enforce that rule. Like I said, my game's not suffered for it, but you know, if I've not enforced it, I can't really just suddenly like bring it in. What I might do, however, and I've got a game this evening because I'm recording this on the 15th of April on Friday, I might mention this to my players and explain sort of out of character that I'm going to start using this rule. And I think that's a, a nice sort of way of doing it because it sort of eases them in. It lets them know what's going to be going on in future. And it's not me just like randomly whapping down some rule and then being like, yeah, this is what's happening now. And I'm sort of not expecting it. It also gives them a bit of time to think around it, you know, make some plans, get their sort of head in order and decide what they want to do with regards to it. But I really would like to introduce this rule because as I say, I think it brings a lot of potential for roleplay and for having those campfire scenes. And it could also be incorporated into the actual sort of comfort break that we have during a session. So, you know, obviously you'd be doing more resting than you'd be having comfort breaks during a game. But, you know, if you could arrange your comfort break to take place coinciding with one of these in-character rest breaks, then effectively you're sort of joining what the, the players are doing with what their player characters are doing and linking them together in their minds. And obviously they've got a bit of time to think and reflect on what's occurred during the comfort break. Then you can come back, you can have a brief discussion and you can fold that discussion into what's going on in character and say, right, this is what you guys have discussed around the campfire while you've been setting up your camp, you know, taking your watches, etc. Then you make your random encounter rolls or whatever as a GM. If encounters happen, you deal with those. If not, you crack on with the game and you've also got some idea of what the player characters are planning to get up to in the future. 
So there you are. That's my rambling thoughts on why I think these rest roars are so often overlooked, but why I think they could also be fertile ground for interesting roleplay and also an aid to the GM when it comes to planning out what they're going to do in the future of a session. If you've got any thoughts about the rest rules, do you like them? Do you loathe them? Do you even use them in your games? Let us know. And you can get in touch with us a number of different ways. You can leave us a voicemail message using either SpeakPipe or Anchor, and there will be links to both of those in the description of this episode. Or if you want to send us an email, you can do so by emailing rdd.rpgpodcast at gmail.com. So until we see you again, Take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun.